Hey, you're now listening to the Longkang Kitties Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Longkang Kitties. This is John Wang, your most handsome multi-syllable name man ever on the face of the planet. We have Jerry Teo, also multi-syllable. Engineer, also multi-syllable, and Dan Wong, who is not multi-syllable, only two syllable. Dan Wong. John Wong, you are John Wang. I have a are... fucking problem with you. <laughs> you are John. My name Wang. is My name is Jonathan Wang. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but you are not. You are not Dan. You're not Danovan Wang. Okay, so you are just Dan Wong. Maybe okay? he's Daniel Wong. You don't know. I don't think so. I have a the problem net. with you, guys. It's time to let you know my big secret. <laughs> <laughs> I have a. I generally have a problem, right, with people who have only two syllables in their Chinese name, because right, I never know what to call them by. Do I just call them? Do I just call them by their surname or by their normal name? You just be creative. John, just add a suffix at the end. If it's like Huang Jian, just add like Jian Ke or Jian Di or. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Then, Ho Jing, how is how you say her? Ching Jie. Ching Jie, exactly, exactly. And she would be very pleased upon hearing you utter such words to her face. Ching Ma can or not? Ching Ma can. Ching Ching Ku. Ching Ma can. Ching Ma, she will, she will flay your buttocks. <laughs> Alright, so today we'll be talking about a few different topics. The first one will be Ho Jing. And she has stepped down as director of Tomasic. How do we all feel about that? Oh my goodness. How, how many steps is she stepping down by? One step. Two One steps. Step. Three steps. <laughs> no, I don't think she's she's stepping down. She's just moving laterally on the same step. <laughs> Basically, right, uh, our dear Ho Ching will be stepping down as the CEO of Tomasic Holdings on Friday, October 1st, 2021. He's also retiring from the company's board according to the Masik statement. So the guy who is taking over is called Dylan Pale Sandra Segara. And he's uh, Dylan, succeeding yeah, succeeding okay. uh, Ho Ching as the CEO and executive director on the same day. Basically, this guy is already the chief executive of Tomasic International, which oversees the Tomasic investment. Okay. So is he's from moving from another Tomasic to this Tomasic. Okay. So I guess Tomasic will change its name to Tomasic dealings, right? What? Yeah, because he's de- dealing, right? So it's dealing. Previously, it was coaching, uh, so it's Tomasic holdings, you see? So now it's Tomasic dealings. Dude. Okay. I'm losing oh, myself away from that. <laughs> it's kind of funny, think, I guess. Then I think your whatever you just said gave me more headaches than the PSI. <laughs> Guys, this is a 100% original Dan Wong joke. You cannot find this on the internet. Right? This is absolutely <laughs> original. Just so you know. So, yeah. heads up to everybody. It's going to be called like the Masik Dealings from now on. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Thank goodness only our Longkang Kitties audience will be subjected to this uh, suffering rather struck, than the wider struck population. Struck by ear cancer. I don't know if it's like, I mean like the Masik Holdings, the Masik Dealings, who the fuck cares? It's, it's equally bad, right? The, the name is so boring and uninspiring <laughs> what is wait hang on when I say right that Singapore have a fucking terrible naming convention right you're just like no 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 dude, you're fucking wrong and then now suddenly you want you, you're like oh Tomasic is so boring what, what would you name Tomasic I wouldn't name it anything okay you, you are now you are now CEO of Tomasic right mm-hmm. NG you, you have to rename it something else you have to rename it something to your fancy what do you rename it to Hmm, Call it the money place. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't Call know it. how to rename Tomasic, but yeah, I know how to rename IMDA. What would you rename IMDA? When IDA and MDA combine, right, they had a once in a million chance to do something positive. Then they went with IMDA, right? They could have went with the Media and Infocom Authority of Singapore. Development Authority of Singapore. So M-I-D-A-S, which is minus. Nice. So so they would, you know, when they dispense uh, their whatever funding to all the companies, right, they may, you know, whenever something positive happens, right, they, they can say we got a golden touch. But because nice. uh, they don't have the golden touch to begin with, right, they call themselves IMDA. 
I, what I want to know, right, Jerry, is how long have you been holding this in? This fucking thing. Ever since they merged. <laughs> ever since they merged. I knew it. Then, it he must, like... then he must, like, let it all burst out of the fucking dam, like, right here, no, right no, no, now. No, right here, right like now, this, yeah. No, no, I feel like, Jerry, this is one of those things that you will tell people every time you, you talk about IMDb. Like, you know, you have a conversation with a friend and you're like, you know what, they should have named it Midas. Well, uh, no. <laughs> it, maybe, when, maybe when it happened, yeah, but now, no. <laughs> it sounds like one of those conversations that is sometimes only tangentially related to IMDA, right? Then he suddenly will bring up this thing. Yeah, and by the way, guys, do you know yeah. uh, last time uh, when they merged, uh, they should have... <laughs> <laughs> I have this amazing uh, exactly. idea. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to this. I <laughs> think, like, I mean, I, no, I just want to know, right, how does how does the people... How, how do you guys feel about mm-hmm. what is basically the most meme first lady ever on the planet? Who spent? Who is supposedly holding on to the most important job, which is managing our retirement money, managing the 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 collective retirement money of the entirety of Singapore, and and for some reason, right, given this very important job, while she is the wife of our current prime minister, and still having the time to post, like so literally ten posts. ten fucking Facebook posts per hour. I'm not even joking. You know, last you know, uh, for the previous episode, right? I did the Ho Ching or Ho Chia game time, right? Do you know how long it took, uh, for me to go and find all those gems? I have to scroll through so much shit from her Facebook post because she all she does, right, is just share things, share things. She just shares literally ten things every hour. Like basically, right? I just want to know. I I really want to get to the bottom of who is behind her Facebook account. I refuse I- to believe, right, that. She's the one posting all of it. I, I, I mean, looking at it, right, I am just certain that she's the one behind all of it. Because she shares things, right? Then, okay, according to her, she wants to see it later. Because she's so busy, right, at work. She's so busy that she shares it, she shares it first so that she can review it later at home. Okay? That is her rationale. La. That's her justification. How do you know this? What she said one, is it? Yeah, I think she said it. Nice. Well, I just I, want I, to know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why in all the interviews of coaching, right, there's nobody, no fucking like fearless, intrepid reporter ever ask her about her Facebook page. Like why? Everybody <laughs> asks her the boring fucking question about Tomasic Holdings and Tomasic Trans. Who the fuck gives a shit? <laughs> or they ask her about that stupid dinosaur bag that she was carrying around. Yeah, just fucking ask her about her Facebook page. You, oh my you, God, know what's the, you know what's the thing? Uh, like Sometimes right, when these kind of reporters, right, when they have an opportunity to ask about certain things, uh, how they have to really cull the questions. If they ask about their Facebook page and social posts, they'll be seen as softball uh, questions. They ask something too hard, they're gonna pop my and then gonna lock up. Oh my god. So there's very, very little room to move eh? No, the, the, on, If, like if it's the... softball questions, right, this is the perfect job for mothership. <laughs> oh yeah, I want one of those like <laughs> 10 questions to Ho Ching kind of thing and then the video, then they ask her kind of thing. Wasn't there like the that video series Mothership in yeah. the streets? Then, she, then yeah, the yeah, lady yeah, go and slap the road, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she can do that. Lah. She's like, Mothership hits Ho Ching, then she smacks Ho Ching one time. But anyways, right? <laughs> and then like, ask her like 10 questions. <laughs> what, I, what I want to say is that, what I want to say is that I deeply, deeply envy Ho Ching because, right, like, after she relinquishes the role of CEO and of Thomasic Holdings, Right, she immediately <laughs> goes over to Tomasic Trust, which is the philanthropic arm of Tomasic, and she is like basically appointed to as a director in the board of directors. Uh. It's yeah. like so nice, you know, be, like everything just lined up nicely for you. You know, and she'll you be the chairman of the board next year as well. Yeah, uh, in twenty twenty three. You you just retire right, and you have all these like future steps plan out nicely for you. Unlike the rest of us, right, where we don't even know we're gonna if we're gonna survive in this shitty COVID economy, you know, like you don't know if your job is going to be secure, whether you like, you know, some people don't even know where, where their next meal is coming from. And then here we have it that like some very, very amazingly lucky people just have their whole lives planned out for them. And she even know like when she's gonna be like the board's chairman. NG, NG. Yeah. Not enough rice, drink water. No pillow. <laughs> Rest on the crook of your elbow. <laughs> Happiness is within you. Wealth and gluck, status gluck. through unrighteous means are not are but floating clouds, okay? Gluck, 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 this gluck, is from gluck. Confucius. Gluck, so gluck, you, don't gluck. Let, you don't anyhow. Gluck, gluck, gluck. Okay, that's me <laughs> drinking water in lieu of rice. Gluck, gluck, gluck. 
<laughs> yeah, I think she's just so meme-tastic, right? And she is always having all these like funny, funny things. And also, uh, if she's still re- retaining control of the social media, right? It also becomes this weird thing where I remember Bertha Hansen, one of our um, journalists in Singapore. She came out and uh, she's the editor for Today Online, is it? Or uh, something like that. Lah. Or she was, um, I can't remember. Okay, anyway, she, she came out and she just out- outright said it that, like, for a woman of her status, right, when she's on the one hand posting all this really weird shit, and on the other hand, right, somehow. Uh, privy to all the inner workings of the government and of course our CPF money so on and so forth for her to comment on things political and partisan right what do we do about that like what is is there a specific role that she's supposed to occupy yeah wasn't wasn't it during the social uh, during the elections or something she was reposting a lot of was it was it her yeah I think so a I lot mean, of like the she, ministers she, first, first of all or what? I think uh, she's like Chan Chun Seng's number one fan as well. Constant. I mean, when, when we were talking about one of the magical moments and like Ho Ching just calls you in the middle of the night and say, hey, you know, this is the, this is, this is the new article about Chan Chun Seng. You need to read it and talk to me about it, right? Like, that's not, we are, <laughs> we are only slightly exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> possible, possible. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, I, I'm also very curious, right? What should we do about her? as basically a wild card in our political system. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you mean what should we do about her? As if we can, can do anything we, we about her. <laughs> we can, well, we should. I mean, we should. Uh-huh. She's like a wild horse, right? Just bucking in the wild, bucking on the on the meadows. Just kicking the shit out of everybody. Trampling all the uh, tiny animals beneath and like, telling us that we need to drink water and whatnot. I feel like the first thing we should do about her is her sense of passion. But you know, a lot of people are very happy about that, right? Why? I mean, like she she was seen supporting what's that that blind woman's the. the I mean, I don't care who the local. Okay, like this is table. this is uber ultra anti feminist of me to say this, but like her fashion really throws Singapore's face every time she goes on the international stage. Like one thousand percent agree with you. Every time, right? They say like we shouldn't judge a woman on her appearance or like how she appears, but heck. This woman is representing Singapore. Every time she goes onto the world stage wearing her fucking ugly sandals, right? They don't even cover her toes, right? Like, I, I'm like, I hope she at least has had a pedicure, you know, and her toes are painted. But her fucking, her fucking sandals are so ugly. I'm like, woman, you earn so much money. Okay, okay, we don't know how much money she earns because it's all a secret, right? Uh-huh. It cannot be disclosed. So we don't actually know how she earns. But I'm pretty sure that she can spend like 200 bucks or 500 yeah, bucks it's more than, or $1,000. It's more than $100,000 a year. Let's just put it that way, right? I mean, yeah, we, we, are, sure we know that. Yeah. She can spend a bit of money on better footwear, you know? And she al- she always have these bulging pockets as well. I hey, mean, I, I, Pockets, never mind. I don't care about pockets. No, no, no. Like, like the, the shoes. The shoes. No. It's like I know women are just like constantly complaining their their fashion articles don't have pockets and she wears pockets and people like are so happy about that, right? But the problem is even a men's pocket are also not so bulging, you know. Like we put a wallet and <laughs> we put our handphone, you know, like you know why, one in each, right? Why? It's because of all the money that she has that we don't know she about. Just, she just <laughs> roll, she just rolls it up, is it like like it's <laughs> correct. It's like you know what? Fuck this smart nation shit. I like to use cash. <laughs> Just so the, like, hence the thick wads of money. <laughs> she's packing heat every time she wears pants. Eh? Yeah, she's got lots to hold, you know. You know what I'm afraid of? <laughs> she retires. What? I'm afraid for TikTok. TikTok? Why? Yeah. You think she'll get on TikTok? Oh my god, uh, I cannot wait for yeah, her to. I'm afraid, yeah. I think. What do you I think, think she'll she, do? Dance? I think she might. She might, uh, you know, use TikTok as a platform because she's going to the Masik Trust, right? Uh huh. Which is the, the, like the charity community side of it. So perhaps she's, she's using it as another means to outreach to youngsters. Like, she. Are you I don't, fucking I, kidding me? I don't know if she feels that she's very tech savvy or social media savvy. I, okay, I know okay, we don't on. think she is. 
Okay, so basically Temasek Trust was established by Temasek in 2007 to provide governance and financial oversight of Temasek's philanthropic endowment. So basically, the designated beneficiaries are Temasek Foundation, Stewardship Asia Centre, and Temasek Life Sciences Laboratory. Why would you need to, like, outreach to young people? There are already a lot of uh, organisations that are reaching out to young people, right? Everything is trying to reach out to young people. Actually, you know, uh, she might even just reach out to young people not because of her role as, as the new chairman of the board. She could just be trying to keep up with the times yeah, and exactly. just be like, hey, let me do this TikTok dance which is actually called the TikTok hand, hand job dance. <laughs> oh, yuck. The holding, the hand holding, is it? <laughs> she, I would say that she's kind of successful on social media, no? Everybody's I wish, speculating I wish, about right, her Facebook that, account. <laughs> I wish she would transfer some of that success right into her recent investments from Tamasic, which is all turning into shit, by the way, because of all the heavy investment into the China education side, which we all know that uh, Xi Jinping, right, the, the Winnie the Pooh bear, has literally it away like with the snap of his infinity glove mm-hmm. fingers like overnight basically. goodbye tuition like just snap home everything was that fucking like wrong. A, a couple of billion dollar worth in the okay, we, I, there, somebody did the math I don't know how reliable it is y'all can go and check it out but yes it is literally probably like some, somewhere south of a billion I believe tuition is fucking lucrative man yeah but not in fucking China right but dude <laughs> I, not anymore but Chinese government is Go, gone a bit mad in the in its overreach right but at the same time right this kind of super decisive leadership right also makes change incredibly fast eh? like we've been talking about how like our <laughs> can we pivot to our next problem the PSLE <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, nice, been... nice segue the CCP and the PSLE <laughs> yeah exactly right so, but we've been sh- we've been shitting about like the PSLE and and how um shitty our system is, our educational system is here for years and years and years, and how like you know um parents are so over reliant on tuition teachers. Um, but we've never done anything about it, and then like to have the Chinese government right to watch the Chinese government just snap their fingers and overnight rule out the tuition center is fucking amazing, eh? I think for China, right, the problem with China is always the word, whatever action they, they roll out and it affects the entire population and society so quickly, the, the change is never really entrenched in the people. You can say that uh, Western democracies, generally when change comes, it's very slow, but it comes at a, it comes at a cost of, well, not a cost, but it comes because everyone has, you know, slowly over the time, consensus is gained, and then people decide that this is the way to go. But when it's very fast, right, uh, it can come and it can go very fast as well. Next time something happens, someone snap a finger, and then things will change all over again. I mean, it, it doesn't really help the... It, it, it actually helps no one, right? I mean, if you think about it. So, the, the, the purpose of the, of the new law, the new crackdown, is to say that, okay, like, we don't want people to be profiteering of education and we want people at the bottom to be able to rise to the top. But the, the issue is the people at the top are still going to pay for education uh, tuition. Yeah. So it actually doesn't do anything other than penalize the people who are like wedged in the middle, who are able to afford it, but then now they have to they have to circumvent the law and get some sort of like black market prices for the things that they, that they still want to achieve. So in, in essence, right, Yes, you can say that it's very amazing and things change very fast, but it's changed in a way that is very the, the intention is not is not there and there's a lot of unexpected fallout that can be expected from all of it. And not to mention a lot of private owned businesses, many of whom are small mom and pop business, who are just trying to make a living. They're not multi million dollar corporation owned by PAP politicians. Of uh, course. They will also be uh, destroy la. Essentially, that the overnight their business. Is I mean, no it's not even viable. just a business. It's also like the freelancers and you know, like the one-on-one yeah. tutors and stuff. And and if you if you were to bring it over to Singapore context, like you know, the in fact, just 
just look at the you know the the KTV cluster of uh, COVID cases when it happened, and then there was this knee-jerk reaction to close off all KTV services, and then all the family KTV it, because all the licenses are the same. And all the last up KTV and the family KTV all lumped together. Then all kana the license kentong. Then that's it. No one can make any money. You know, all the innocent parties in between that got, uh, got caught. So for sure la, But at the same time, like don't forget that you know the tuition. The whole tuition business is basically a, like an arms race. Uh. <laughs> everything is, yeah, just, it is yeah, everything is an arms race. Uh, right? yeah. And like I think at some point, if you look at the the statistics of people who are committing suicide over like education, people who are stressed and you know, they feel like their life is over because they didn't go into some fucking sh- like fancy university. It's just crazy, uh, basically. Like you study but like, if your you, entire if you think life. About- if you think about it, right, so, okay, going back to our local education context, uh, supposedly, uh, when Ong Ye Kung was the Minister for Education, right, he introduced something called the SBB, which is the, <laughs> what they call it, uh, the bending, some subject bending shit. Uh. Uh. The idea of it was supposedly to allow more flexibility for the students and to, his quote, I think, is to maximize stu- students' talents, uh. How it how it functions right is instead of last time the T score right when your PSLE come out you have a you have a T score that's based on uh, marking on the curve and that you are given a certain uh, grade based on the you're just given like A B C D right so now it's A one A two A uh, B three B like basically it's almost like similar to the O level and then the the GC score bending. But at the highest, at the highest ranking, right, is 85 to 90. And then I've had, um, you know, like 84 to, uh, sorry, 80 to 84, something like that. And then actually polarize, like, like, if you think about it, that actually further segregate and polarize the people at the top and the people at the bottom, right? In fact, it doesn't help the situation. And I think a lot of it has manifest in this current PSLE, uh, exam paper. The, the mathematics in question, the mathematics paper that everybody is going crazy about because it's, it is in fact very difficult, uh, by the way. I, I look at it, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Can, can, shit? I, read, can I read the, the math yeah, question? Go ahead. Yeah. Helen and Ivan had the same number of coins. Helen had a number of 50 cent coins and 62 20 cent coins. These coins had a mass of 1.134 kg. Ivan had a number of 50 cent coins and 104 20 cent coins. A. Who has more money in coins and by how much? B. Given that each 50 cent coin is 2.7 grams more heavier <laughs> than a 20 cent coin, what is the mass of Ivan's coins in kilograms? Like, Can I just I'm say just right, like, yeah. I, can't, I can't do this. Yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't solve the question. And you know, when people show me the working, I still couldn't understand. It took me, I think, a day or two before I before I look at you know various different solutions before I finally understood how to solve it. I mean, I what is the point of solving it? P- to to give our foreign interference audience right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or to give this to give this um George Soros people the the context right. PSLE is an examination given to kids at twelve years old. This is a this is a a twelve year old. Mathematic exam question that has stumped like fo- like grown ass grown ass adults who used to be excellent at mathematics. When I saw the question, I didn't know what the hell was going on. But when I saw the diagram that someone drew to explain the question in a visual format, straight away I know what we're looking at. But of course, I still don't know how to solve it, right? Because it's been a while. The the thing is, they tend to be very English oriented. So instead of having sums where you you're, you're not given a formula, you're not given a diagram, you're, you're given just a chunk of text and you have to read it. And then from there, devise the sum based on your understanding of the reading. So, my question has always been, is it an English paper or is it a math? But I think what they are trying to do is to translate it like as if it's a real world problem into a mathematical problem. I don't, I don't think that's specifically an issue after all, math is supposed to be problem solving, la. The issue here, right, is very simple. It's it's just overly difficult. the The way that this problem is being presented is is very heavy in logic and very heavy in like um 
a kind of like thinking that you need like this this is I will say this is more a secondary school maths problem rather so than like a primary one school of one. The, one of the rebuttals for pe- that people have for this is that basically right the educational system has moved on and these uh, kids these days are way more advanced than we were because back in our day we were like you know simpletons and all we do is like <laughs> make models X Y Z kind of shit. <laughs> so I know, I know that and at twelve years old they would not have done algebra. Well, so I don't know, yeah. But yeah, so people are saying like trying to make this completely normal. But you know, like when I was reading, okay, and I don't know how true it is, lah. But people were saying that when the kids after the kids finish the the exam papers, you know, there were lots of kids crying or like. I, I saw some accounts that said that people were puking, kids were puking, <laughs> or like going catatonic from the shock, and then like flipping tables. Okay, this one sounds a bit like crazy idea, but heck, we had a kid who went into school with a knife and then stabbed a, another kid, right? Like, oh, it, I don't know what's the new normal anymore. Going catatonic from math exams. It's, it's uh, interesting because uh, one of my friends from some years back is a math tutor. And he's like, is the question that came up in this year's PSLE really that hard? You know, did you guys forget about this crazy question from 2015? The, 20, the 2015 PSLE math question, it's an MCQ question, just stumped everyone, was what is the likely weight of eight $1 coins? Oh, yeah. yeah. Six grams? 60 grams? 600 grams? Or six kilograms? Right, I mean, sixty very logical. grams feels easy. Yeah. Say Is it sixty grams? Sixty grams. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we because we all <laughs> you know carried the dollar are. coin. Sixty grams. Yeah, so the, the answer is sixty grams because we've all held the dollar coin and we're like, yeah, it's not likely gonna be sixty grams or it's six hundred grams or six. Right? But it's never like one question. I mean, okay, fine. If you can, you want to like stump some kids like with one or two questions in the entire exams it's fine but if all yeah. the entire fucking exams right was like that right can you imagine I fucking can't even finish like five questions in one hour la. but you yeah, notice exactly. uh, but you notice this is a trend nowadays right it's like yeah. every year uh, we are complaining about the PSLE mass exam we're, 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 this is like a rite of passage every year or every other year we need to we need to single out some ma- mathematic questions and then just complain about them. Non-stop. So basically, is it like a rite of passage that all the kids have to go through, or is it like you know we are just so I think it's no longer about the it's no longer about the it's no longer about the kids. It's almost an indictment on us as a wider society. <laughs> yeah, the, because we expect so much from them. You right? if you if you go on TikTok and looking at this right. Then you'll find accusations of privilege and whatever la, like uh, oh you know this is a attempt right from the by the elites to really separate the cream from the crop so that you know we can further divide uh the elites from the non elites you know from like further satisfy stra- further satisfy society. Then if you go to um hardware zone, then you'll be yeah all of you are you know fucking stupid this is the this is the most basic thing I can do this with my eyes closed I can do this when I was in primary one so it it's like no matter what, <laughs> no matter who what, takes right? anyone from hardware zone seriously no no <laughs> nobody takes anything seriously I don't even right. take the people from TikTok seriously but oh of course not it's, it's like there's this really weird thing going on where we have to comment and say something about the like the ma- the mathematical question in the PSLE exam paper, like what the fuck, right? And it's going to be a yearly thing now. Uh, is this is this the way that it's going to be? I mean, it depends on like whether or not like the situation improves, right? So by improve, I mean like, are we as a society going to have not so crazy expectations of kids, meaning that you know they must ace every exam, or like is the uh, the problem that the Ministry of Education is just gone fucking nuts and then why are they setting such difficult exams all the time? Like, every year it seems to be increasing in difficulty. I have no idea. Okay, well, hang on. on. I don't, don't, I'm not saying that the kids are not having it hard, but I don't know if uh, the questions are increasing in difficulty. Personally, I do think that it's just because we've not been doing this kind of things for a very long time and we find it very, very difficult. If you were to give us uh, an exam paper from our era, 
<laughs> having not done all these things, I wouldn't right, be able to do that. Yeah, either. we will not be able to complete it in time. Seriously, I think the mind is something that you really need to exercise a lot in order to do something very regularly, very well. Because when I look at my nephews and nieces' textbooks, right, 10 years ago, so I have a niece right now who's 17, she's poly. So when she was in primary one, which is about 10 years ago, and I look at her textbook, I'm like, holy fuck, man, what you're learning in like the late primary one textbooks, it was what I learned in primary two, like 20 years ago, right? And now she has a younger brother who's just gone into primary one and I was looking at his textbook. So this is like 10 years down the road and 30 years separated from when I was in primary school. And I'm like, okay, this has gotten even worse because in that in that ten year gap, you know, it took twenty years for them to move the the first chunk of my primary two down to the last chunk of primary one, but then it took ten years for them to move that, that same chunk of primary uh, primary one that I experienced when I was in primary two down to like in the middle. But it's like, it's also in the, like the basically in the three hundred years of uh Singapore anniversary, right? Then after that, the primary one needs to you need to do advanced calculus now. <laughs> basically, yes. <laughs> oh, guys, I have a I have a conspiracy theory. The the difficulty and ability and standards of our education directly mirror property prices. Um sure. No, but, no, but like, it's true, I'll- it's happening. Then why not? Why not the price mm. of bananas? The price of bananas also going up. What the fuck? Why? Why oh, need to be popular? A great man once said, "Correlation correlation equals causation." Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> like I, I think it's basically just the acceleration of things, uh. Like you know, in in design school, right? What we used to produce at year three, right, is what the year ones can produce right now. It's just um, you know. Last time when you want to make a web website, you have to learn how to fucking code the whole bloody thing. No, you just like add templates and you know like switch short, switch like little knobs and handles around and then you got like a new website. <laughs> no, it's, seriously, it's the exact same thing. Ten years ago, when I was when I first started teaching, everyone is still Photoshop, Photoshop. Now, Blender students are looking at me like, "Uh, you you don't know how to use the Photoshop iPad." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I gotta go and actually see what the hell's going on on iPad and they're able to do things on Illustrator iPad, on Photoshop on iPad. Yep. And, and they're able to, well, I wouldn't say they're able to do everything on iPad, but they're able to do a lot of things on iPad that can be achieved or they need to achieve. The, but that's the technolo- technological aspect, right? It's not to, it's, it's very different from something logic-based, for example, in mathematics where yeah. One plus I, one equals two. You, you, the, 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 purpose of, the purpose of learning mathematics isn't to memorize the multiplication table, it's to understand what the what the X means in the in the in the formula. Okay, we got anything else we want to talk about this? <laughs> isn't it Lor- Oh oh yeah, Lawrence Wong, right? Oh no not. Uh Chan Chun Sing. <laughs> Are we just tossing out random politician <laughs> name now? <laughs> No, he's talking about the Ministry of Education. Keshav Mugam. Keshav Mugam. Pritam Singh. Are we not just tossing out random names right now? No, no, no I like... thought you meant the Minister of Education. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Okay, it's, it's fine. We should petition to Chan Chun Singh, I guess. <laughs> like, have... You know what would be a really great protest? You have all those little kids, right? Like, all the 12-year-old kids. They line up outside um, MOE. Uh-huh. And then they all puke on the steps of MOE. And then that would be the protest. <laughs> and then, like, when they get arrested, they can just say that, oh, it's a, just a mass gastronitis or whatever attack in front of uh, MOE headquarters. Within, within 20 seconds, right, they're all going to rat you out. They're just like, Angie Tete made me do it. Then I'm like, <laughs> you are going to get fucking... <laughs> And she said, gave me bad sushi. Me and Jerry. Gave me candy. And she said, Jerry. Gave me candy. I didn't touch my baby. That one is not overboard. Why you always got to make things overboard? That's my only shtick. And if anyone's gonna touch a little kid's pee pee on the Longkang kitties, it's likely you then more, not me. <laughs> what, what do I get out of touching a little kid's pee pee? You tell me, I wouldn't <laughs> know, man. 
You're already racist, sexist, why not a pedophile? Not pedophiles. Well? Yeah, <laughs> pedophiles. Join Amosy Amosy and his ranks of pedophiles. <laughs> Alright, let's go on to our last topic for today, which is Lawrence Wong. It's just a flu, bro. <laughs> He's a flu, bro. It's flu just bro. a flu. It's just a flu, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Should so, I read his statement or what? Yeah, please, please do. Lawrence Wong recently just put a statement out saying that this pandemic has been challenging for us because, you know, he knows that many of us are discouraged. And then the, this fight that concerns the nation's lives and livelihood is the fight that Kim Yong, Ye Kung, the team and I are working around the clock to see us through. And then I will just skip forward. 98% of those who catch the virus will have zero or mild symptoms and can recover from home. There is no fear or shame in getting COVID. Sooner or later, many of us will catch the virus. For the 2% who fall seriously ill, we will make sure you, we have the capacity in our healthcare system to take care of you and provide you with the necessary medical care. So let me explain, right? The, the general reaction that I see online, which mirrors basically my reaction as well, why people are so upset about this fucking statement comes down to a mix. Like, they are sending us mixed messages. So on the one hand, right, we were told right from the start that this is basically airborne AIDS and that if you contract it, right, oh my goodness, it's like the worst fucking thing. And we were basically badgered and shamed and, and, and bludgeoned into compliance, right? If you're one of those KTV uncles, wow, you know, you come from the, from the online sphere, then only Kun comes out also say, wow, you're very irresponsible, so and so forth. So at, at one point, it was like the most deadly thing ever. So this is the justification for all the various circuit breaker, which is functionally a lockdown, by the way. And then we have all these very tight restrictions. We have businesses dying left and right. But you know, it's all for the greater good, right? It's all to protect all of us. And then now, at this point in time, when it's very convenient for them, when when fucking cases are going rampant, yeah. So now that the numbers are going up, right? Then suddenly, all of us. Then suddenly, it's a U-turn. Oh no, sorry, it's not U-turn. It's a rethink. Oh, you know, all of us are going to catch it eventually. It's just a flu, bro. Just go and rest for three or four days. Then after you can go back to work already. And if this is the case, right? Then why go back to circuit breaker two point five? And why keep talking and harping on and on right about the elderly and the vulnerable? And then we also have the massive vaccination drive which has functionally done nothing. The infection rate is still going up the roof. Then suddenly it's like, oh, you know, if you are vaccinated, you are you you will be asymptomatic or whatever. But that is not what they were saying before, right? When we were getting vaccinated. Okay, never mind. So yeah, it's just mixed messaging. It is all over the place. We don't know whether should we take this seriously or not. And it's it's confusing as fuck. I think that the reason why he's saying such things is because everybody is vaccinated. What did you say about getting vaccinated again? That it doesn't work or something? Is that what you said? No. Okay. We are still getting COVID despite being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But the symptoms are, are, are not severe anymore, right? That's, the whole that's point, what right? they say, but I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, I see, I see. Okay. Well, I mean like... So basically, getting vaccinated doesn't prevent you from getting the virus, but then well, it does... Well, that's not what vaccinated means, by the way. By yeah, the it doesn't. But like, it reduces the seriousness of when you do contract it. So I would say that's that... That's also to be, to be determined. I mean, there's... The, the cases where people recover from it, despite not being vaccinated, is also not all of them are severely infected not all of them have like severe symptoms and most well, of them I mean, recover in pretty Singapore, well you don't know that because we've not done that like most of us we are already at 80 some over 84 i think percent i mean prior to the prior to the vaccine we had a bunch of people come out right? we had thousands and thousands upon of cases most of them recovered yeah there's, but it wasn't the delta little... virus so yeah so that's that's the point right is the comparison is not at and I think right now what they are trying to say, like Matiam, the vaccination has something to do with it. I think it's a bit disingenuous. It's not a it's not a one to one comparison. But okay, I would sure. say that it's really unfair to compare it to even if you were to compare it to the US or like other other places in the world, right? It's actually a very difficult comparison because a a lot of people who died in of COVID in the US, right? Uh, they already had pre existing symptoms, so you don't really know whether they actually died from COVID or they had like other underlying 
conditions. Uh. And then like the other thing is a lot of people in the US actually have very little access to healthcare. Like the death rate might be really high. Like and so so is the same for people in India and so on and so forth. So we actually we don't really know for sure what is how serious COVID can be. What we do know is that like in places where COVID COVID has rampaged, it can be very serious. Like, you know, we've seen in India and some of the other developing countries where they do not have enough hospitals and medical care. So, I mean, it's, I think it's really disingenuous to say, yeah, just because, you know, whatever, we don't know this and whether this works or not. And I think that, like... But basically, all, am, the, all the points you just made just agree with me, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't know, you are either... Are you arguing against me or argue, agreeing with me? I have no idea. Actually, I don't I'm, know just saying that I'm just saying that you have no stand because there is no, like... There's no definite outcome because we don't know. So you no, just don't the, like the mixed messaging, right? No, the like? yeah, the the mixed messaging, and if you if we don't know, right, then why say something like the vaccine will uh decrease the symptoms? I mean, you just say that, right? We don't know. So, uh, they are also making a claim that they have no way of definitively backing. I mean, they they have the numbers now to say that yeah, this is what we claim and this is what we, but there's no comparison. Right, it's not yeah, a, there is no comparison because like this, this so, vaccine is new, love, and correct. we have so there not is no had, like time. Correct. It's only been two years. My point but is, anyways, there's no, like, def- there's nothing definitive to say that that's true. Okay, anyway, that that's beside which is the also point. not to say that like, you know, we should okay, like right now the the two point five right, like phase two point five is fucking annoying, but I can also understand because hospitals right now are already like pretty much overwhelmed and but the people that are infected are now going to the hospitals that's the thing I mean if you re- if you look at the I'm talking the about the ICUs that... uh, the, the people who go to ICUs and need oxygen is not just COVID patients you do understand yes, right? correct, like we correct. have co- hospitals for other reasons as well like, and even pre-COVID right, I would say that but I don't see, know how uh, often it, it goes back it, wait 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 hang on like it goes back to the mixed messaging portion which is don't forget another one of the another one of the messages that the PP has come up with right, is that we can handle the search the search in cases, right? In fact, this is on the same day as the the circuit breaker two point five, which happened like maybe about a week ago. They the newspaper was saying, yeah, the experts say that we can handle you know like many thousands of cases per day, and that also has turned out to be not true, and which contributes again to the mixed messages, which fundamentally at its core, right? The problem is there is no plan, there is no goal, and there is there is nothing uh there's no like definitive action that we can commit to. I think that is like the main thing which people are getting more and more frustrated with. Uh. I, I look I, I think what we are all saying, right, is if let's say with the proper data, with the proper information now uh, we can all agree upon, then sure, by all means, right? I'm not against the vaccine, I'm already vaccinated. That's not the issue here. The issue here is what is all these weird things that the government is saying? Like, it's just, they are, they are flip-flopping, correct? No? One moment is the most deadly thing ever. Second moment is just a full bro. You know, one moment we have, we can handle the, the search in cases. The next moment, oh, you know, uh, our hospitals are overwhelmed and yeah, the ICU is like completely uh, overflowing. What is, what is, what exactly is going on here? Well, I would say that the mixed messaging probably comes from what is going on on the ground and then a projection of what's about to happen. When we were in 2.5, right? Like, it was going from a couple hundred a day to right now about 3,000, is it? Today? Uh, we're hitting 3,500. And then they were saying, like, in a couple of days or in a week, it'll be about 5,000 cases per day. And, and don't forget, don't forget, we're supposed to reach endemic stages. Endemic yeah. means that we are supposed to live with, it, with it. We are supposed to live with it without any additional. Yeah, as like we are supposed to go on with our normal lives and not have any extraneous factors such as lockdown or circuit breaker. But once again, yeah. right, it's also Pengwei, right? They're no, going I back think, on their words. I think basically the issue here is just the serious cases overwhelming the hospitals like at the same time like okay it's fine if, if like 5,000 people a day gets it if most of the cases are mild to asymptomatic but then if we have too many people in the ICUs needing oxygen then that is going to be a giant problem la. if the cases increase every day by 5,000 what 10,000 
you can imagine like how long per person within that 1.5% who goes to the ICU. So can uh, we handle it? They or don't not? just be well, it depends, uh. Like if we can't handle it, they are gonna go back to lockdown, right? So that's the that's funny the thing, thing, right? Like that's like that's the that's my point, is that there's no <laughs> is we are giving the PP too much leeway in their language. So basically what I think is the government has always been thinking that they want to push out this endemic plan already. It's just that I I personally think it's through public pressure that they feel that they need to pull back. So despite all this, right, I mean, I, I would be kind of puffed to death, lah, you know, but I, I personally feel that it's political pressure that causes them to not want to come out and say right away exactly how they want to move forward with the endemic thing. Because in, in most cases, in most disease, like 70% vaccinated, right? You're already considered fully vaccinated. Your population is really fully vaccinated. But why are we still ding-donging about between a semi-lockdown and an actual full endemic situation? And I think Ong Ye Kong also wanted to say something like that, right? When he was taken, taking over as a health minister. Yeah, and then Lawrence right? Wong was like... And, uh, yeah, Lawrence Wong tapped in and said, no, 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 we're not there yet, you know? And, and that was like a month ago or two months ago already, I think. Actually, what I found really interesting was how, like, Ong Ye Kung, between Ong Ye Kung and Lawrence Wong, the messaging between them is not consistent. And, and don't forget Ho Ching as well. I need to throw a wrench in the Fucking don't. <laughs> I don't care what Ho Ching says about COVID-19, man. No, but seriously, like, honestly speaking, the cases, that they, they have already moved away from COVID-0 a long time ago without really telling us. And at the same time, I, I know where uh, John's like this mixed messaging is coming from because if internally they're already moving away from COVID-0 into endemic right then why are you telling us that this is freaking deadly okay understand if your elderly parents catch it it is definitely serious but for most other people with vaccination it shouldn't be so bad at the very worst bad flu yeah, like you, have not, a, not you have a 99.99% chance of surviving yeah. this virus. Yes. Like very bad flu. Like, you know, those cough your lungs out kind of bad flu. But so wait, Jerry, you're, you're agreeing with what he said, like, that basically, essentially, it's a bad flu. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm not agreeing. If what you're I'm vaccinated. I'm just trans- translating the information that, you know, if you are vaccinated, the worst right. that can happen to you is you get a very bad flu. So you will not get in a situation where you need O2 or you need ICU. And hopefully you don't need ICU, obviously. But uh, in worst case scenarios, like, like those who are vaccinated and caught COVID-19, right? in worst case scenarios, they require oxygen. Which which is still okay, you know, still still doable. Right? But when you go into the no vaccination, it's like a wild card. Right? You might need oxygen if you are older and you are healthier but you may also can ICU, which then will contribute the problem that you mentioned just now, Angie. Uh, there's not enough ICU beds, then but there are other situations or so. Here's another facet of the problem, right, which is that our healthcare is functionally nationalized across mm. the board. And the reason we don't have enough ICU beds or whatever is, by, by and large, a function of the government. Uh. And if you look at some of the other statistics, for example, uh, hospital beds to, pop- to population ratio, Ours is among the lowest. I mean, okay, this is pre-COVID, lah. Okay, or oh, this is during the twenty twenty. So I I haven't read out on the new statistics if it has changed. But in twenty twenty, our hospital based to population ratio in the developed world is among the lowest. I think all, the one country that's lower than us is Sweden, and it's way below the recommended by the WHO. But this is already like I mean, and I think this is generally the problem here, lah. Basically, in in the way that we have kind of not really prioritize healthcare in this way because even before COVID, right, like, I don't know how often you guys go to hospitals, but, like, I've been in and out of ICUs and hospitals a lot. And recently or what? Not, oh, when yeah, her mom's? Yeah, when my uh, mom and then, yeah. like, even when visiting, like, relatives or whatever and they, they are literally, like, zero beds. Eh? You just, like, freaking lie along the corridor and then you just yeah. wait for hours before a bed is even, like, available. Ugh. That sort of thing. About yeah, five so years ago? Five years ago, my four, dad Yeah, had, uh, even three years ago, there was the case. Um, and yeah. you will always see people complaining about the lack of, like, beds. And so when we have a population that suddenly gets really dangerously sick, 
and needing like lots of treatment all at once and then that's going to you know strain the healthcare system not to mention like all the testing and and isolation that takes up facilities and whatnot and and also another umbrage i take at this it's a it's a flu bro messaging is although you're you're vaccinated it may not hit you so badly but the disease is still pretty transmissible and if you have elderly at home and you don't take care of your own isolation. Like right now, the day we're, we're recording this, I'm actually putting myself in self-isolation because yesterday I came in close contact with a positive case who don't even know he's positive until later in the day when he went home. Yeah. Right. He went home, he took an ERT test, it came out positive. And then like a lot of us who were working there were like, okay, what the fuck do you do now? So I had to call home, I have to tell my wife, hey, you know, prepare the office for me. So yesterday... In fact, last night, I've been sleeping on the fucking yoga mat. <laughs> okay. I'm sleeping on a yoga mat using whatever. Cats. No, I have not touched my cats for 36 hours. Oh, Aww. poor babies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, cats can get COVID too. Whether or not they can get COVID, I can touch them and use cats as a vehicle to transmit COVID you know, to yeah. my wife. Oh, my God. Right? So, so there's that. You know, I mean, most likely we're not going to have anything happen to us because the guy is masked all the time. But then again, you don't know. So you still have to be careful. It's not it's not like, oh, you're you're vaccinated, therefore you're invulnerable. That that's the messaging that a lot of people seem to derive from getting vaccinations. That's I not the case. Yeah, I think it's basically just personal responsibility at this point really. Like I yeah. went on I went on a dinner with somebody who was exposed to somebody that who had COVID and then the per, the person that she got in touch with Tested negative. She tested ne- negative, but she also like wrote to all of us and asked us to get tested. Yeah, and exactly. I think that should be the way, lah. Basically, this case happened yesterday and been in COVID for now coming to two years already. But back in oh. 2003, 2004, when Star- SARS was happening, I was working, and then one of my coworkers, right, she she came in with a really really bad flu, and then she was just sniffling and just sneezing. She was covering herself. You know, she's trying her best, and then everyone is like. Is she okay or not? And we're pretty sure she's okay. But everyone's still uncomfortable, right? So in the end, they were just like, dude, just we can go home. Take the week off, you know, take the week off. <laughs> now I think everyone understands how how severe it is, you know, when you are sick. Just go home, stay home. Don't don't worry about coming to finish work and everything. But nowadays you cannot just stay home anymore. Not everybody Yeah, of course. I mean, not, I, course I not. see I see a lot of complaints, like especially those people living in rental flats and Generally, they are uh, single parents living with their elderly parents yes. right, or elderly, yes. uh, one, at yeah. least one of their elderly parents. No and way. so they are, they are wedged in between the, their kids. They, they can't be vaccinated. And of that, also the immunocompromised elderly. Yeah. And they have nowhere to go. I think overall, right, like I said, the, it's the messaging that is the problem, right? Whatever whatever it is they want to say, they have to commit to it and just bite the bullet when it's inconvenient for them and they have to take some level of responsibility. Yeah, but exactly. this this flip-flopping, right, in terms of it's just flu grow and you know this is the this is the uh, airborne airborne Ebola. The, it's it's very difficult for all of us to process and I, that's just the, the main thing that I want to talk about. It's basically, okay. you know, like, it's like a newbie driver, right? He, he, he's on the road, right? And then, like, he keeps stopping, you know, he keeps driving and is like, breaking, driving and breaking and then, like, everybody in the car just gets car sick. Mm, mm, mm. Something yeah. And, yeah. and uh, uh, a lot of these uh, changes in direction, two weeks, these three weeks that it, it really is very jarring for we don't even talk about uh, food and beverage-based business owners. We talk about just business owners requiring their staff to, you know, do their necessary. Just talk about the uh, fucking public management. servants. All of them are all of them are bitching and moaning about yeah, how exactly. stressful they are. Even yeah. the healthcare workers, MOE teachers, right? All the uh, va- various public sector people, all of them are all don't stressed know what the out, fuck man. to do. They have no yeah. idea. Any time can change. Any time is home based learning. After that is you know normal learning. After any time is can be activated. Suddenly a search. Oh shit! Everything turns sideways and shit words. Yeah, like I mean, I have the same experience as well. the The best part is when they announced it. It was like Friday evening at six thirty p.m. or six forty five p.m. Right. The the what was that? Ah, uh? the the CB two point two point two. 
or 2.5 or 2.8. Uh, we don't care. Uh. Right, we don't care. Uh, yeah. But but they, they announced it like on Friday Friday evening after everyone has left the office. And I've been like, I have students messaging me like, hey, so what's happening on Monday? And nobody then, knows. Nobody knows. And I was like emailing all my, I was emailing the head of department. I was emailing my colleagues, my full-time colleagues. No one answered their email. Then I got an email at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. On the on the day of the lesson itself, and then I have to frantically go and message all the kids. Like you know, don't come in to school if you're already in school. Never mind. But if you are at home, don't come into school. We'll do the lesson in, in, over Zoom. So, yeah. And I'm so only taking two classes. I'm only so taking two classes. So oh, it's because they fucking they announced the damn thing on Friday. last minute one. Yeah, they announced the thing on Friday. It's gonna go in some more. Yeah, Friday evening. It was like seven p.m. Then after I received the news. Yeah, it was six forty-five. And people were people were still thinking I'm joking. Hey, John, can you stop with this nonsense? This this is not a funny joke. I'm like, this is not a joke, bro. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. I'm fucking for real. We're gonna go into CB two point five. Then they're just like, oh my goodness, what the fuck? Yeah, and everyone is like, oh, we better go out and. And that was when uh, uh, the latest round of KTV shit got caught, ma. All the license gonna whack like 53 KTVs or something. Uh, it's on that weekend, oh, the Saturday and Sunday. Everyone is like rushing to go and party with their friends before a lockdown. I'm getting COVID fatigue, guys. Everyone is getting COVID fatigue. My God, yeah. tell me about it. I've been making COVID comics, you know. I'm just like <laughs> so done. Like if I'm not making the comics, I'm drawing like editorial illustrations about COVID, about COVID fatigue. No, hey, <laughs> Angie, Angie, you are you are getting paid to do COVID Yo, comics. Eva, you take mine, right? you know. no, we, okay, I'm, I'm not I'm not dissing you or lamenting the fact that or, or you know saying jealous or whatever. Oh, but you the, salty motherfuckers. Oh, I'm yeah, jealous. I'm not salty, I'm not salty. I'm, I'm, not salty. Saying, I'm okay. salty and jealous. I'm yeah, I'm not salty. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, like for, for me, right, like I've I've tried to find a funny angle for, for my comics. And then uh-huh. I just realized I cannot do anything, you know. It's not that whether I'm paid or not. It's just that I cannot do anything. I cannot find anything funny. There's no funny angle to it. Just stop drawing. And just people will ask me, why are you not updating your comics? There's nothing funny to draw. What uh, can I sorry, draw? It's sorry, up to you Jerry. to find the funny. It's, no, yeah, no, no. it's like, I have it's, like that problem, you know. I'm like, every other week, I'm like, oh my God, what else can I do about COVID? What oh, else? John, the funny things, right, I want to say are, uh, it's going to get me cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. See, that's the thing. The funny things that I want to put out, right? Space. Right? It's not saying going to get me cancelled, but people are going to say, dude, you know, that was in poor taste, you know, but, so I just like, you know, you know what? Can you say like, just one of those things? Can I just say so, like, uh, you can I don't, be poorer taste than me. <laughs> la. I don't uh, have it at the back of my head. Dude, like, Demo has said all the shit for the past three years and it's uh, not been cancelled. I well, think you'll be fine. It's, it's really when I was starting to think about it right I didn't even <laughs> want to think about it like like some of the things along the way I thought was funny and maybe I can incorporate my Rex comics I realized it doesn't work and you know it, it's like whether whether you want to do something that's pro like you know oh let's do this let's do healthy stuff it becomes too preachy and when you you want to look at the funny stuff it's like I don't think it's funny man like all this you know don't talk about mixed messages or devs or whatever it's just I think it's funny. It doesn't I think, seem I think funny. if Dan Wong has taught me anything, right, is that we should not over-inflate our own sense of importance <laughs> and that most people just don't care <laughs> about your content and That's you can just do whatever you want and they'll, your supporters will love it anyway. So thank you, Dan Wong, for the abject lesson. Yeah, okay. For life lesson. You're welcome. Can I crack my pedophile joke now? Sure. Go ahead. Please do. I'm just joking. Alright, anything else you all want to add? Can I have, I have a very short magical moment if you guys are willing to play. Yeah, go ahead. The COVID virus turns out to be a biochemical weapon in which China has released and now they are using this to take over the entire world. Why are you describing real life? <laughs> this is supposed to be a magical moment then. Uh. So now, right, um, Singapore is ruled by Chinese overlords and the three of you are like, like uh, the the top eunuchs, uh, right? So your master, <laughs> right? Your master has sent you to the slave market, right? To go and buy some slaves, okay? So now you, the the top slave, are going down to the auction markets, right? In Chongpang, right? Where there's this giant slave market, right? And then you have got some cash in your pocket 
and you have to bring some you know a slave one slave back from your from your for your master your Chinese masters <laughs> he says <laughs> so you go down to Chongpa Market but fuck man you couldn't get a grab in time or shit happened and then you are late and fucking there are only three slaves left on the entire slave block and you Kanina you have to get one today or you will be whipped okay by your master he says right over the phone so That's you have to get a slave <laughs> so right now on the slave block there are three people please don't say it's three of us so the first person is Ho Ching okay but bear in mind uh, bear in mind this is like Ho Ching in slave mode okay so she's got no money no nothing it's just Ho Ching in like a dirty shirt and her in, in, in the exact same attire that she uses to go and meet Meet our world leaders, okay? So there's Ho Ching, okay? The next person is Terry Xu. And he's there looking very dejected, you know? Like, type, you know, his arms are in chains, but he still has his phone. And he's is like she, typing out the, the hottest bankers. Huh? She's still fat. Well, it's normal, lah. It's a Terry Xu that you know and love, her. So he's. Fat, right? so. I, I don't really write in the normal, lah. I guess most, most of us are fat, are fat fucks. Anyway, he's like. Everybody's <laughs> heads are in chains and legs are in chains. But Terry Xu is like on his phone, like. Sending the dankest tweet, you know, like about human rights, about China, you know, as 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 he's on the slave auction. And the last person is Dikosh. Dikosh. Hmm. What an eclectic selection. Yes, and you have to buy one slave back to the master. Uh, so who would you pick and what is the justification you will say to your master? Go. Okay, what what are we picking the slave for? Do we is there a purpose? Yeah. Okay, just pick any slave. Uh, or is it your master didn't say. Yeah, he didn't say. Yeah, he must pick a slave. Must pick then. a slave, then justify for. Yeah, I'll pick coaching. Oh, interesting choice. I'll pick Dikosh. <laughs> okay. Okay, wait, wait. Angie, you say first. You what, what? What? What will you say to your Chinese master? Why do you pick coaching? Um, I would convince him of coaching's rightness to be chosen because of the prestige. You have a slave who used to like own a multi-million dollar company or is it billion dollar company? Multi-billion dollar. Yeah, my multi-billion dollar company and now she's working as a slave for you. Imagine your face or whatever. You know, okay. your, your face go to the space. Okay, okay. Sure. Okay, uh, uh, John, then why me, did you choose Dikosh? Then me as the, as the backstabbing eunuch standing next to Angie, I'll just be like, no, this is a bad choice. Look at her. She's frail and she's weak and she's stupid. And <laughs> she no longer has any usage. You just paid money for no good reason. However, look at my guy, Dikosh. First of all, you're going to castrate him so he can't, he can't molest your kids. <laughs> he still you can can't suck, still molest kids, he, dude. He, still, he can suck their dicks. Okay? But... <laughs> Look at him. He's young, strong, healthy, you know, big, big, flabby arms. <laughs> and he can entertain you. Okay? Dikosh can be your court jester as well. Yes, Dikosh dance. <laughs> nah, I, slap, like his... nah, I slap his ass. <laughs> okay. I, will, I will pick Terishi. Okay. <laughs> I'll pick Terishi. Okay, okay. I'll go back to my Uber law and say, I paid for this slave. And I advise you to set him free. Okay. Then the what? my master will ask me like, huh? You asked me to pay for a slave? Then say, what the fuck are you talking about? You want to get whipped, is it, right? So yes. I'll explain. Okay. So, yeah, this person uh, is, he uh, is, uh, if he's freed, right, he will just be free to create chaos, run interference campaigns and whatnot, you know. So uh, all your state enemies, right, will just be dismantled. Just be what? It will just cause general chaos everywhere. Even, yes. even if you don't have a leash on him, right? He will just cause general. It's his, in his nature to cause general chaos. Wait, wait, me as the backstabbing guy is just like, yeah, he's gonna cause chaos to you, master. Look at look yeah, at this. He's gonna cause yeah. chaos to you as well. Yeah, you but can't then even control Terishi. Yeah, but then uh, because you know you guys already have the upper hand, we can crush no problem. Okay. So anytime right, he say anything right, we just crush, crush. We'll get more and more for you to crush it. Yeah, that's why I if you're going to crush your enemies then why why have Terishi run chaos interference 
Don't I you heard write this really interesting. The... I heard this really interesting <laughs> conspiracy theory about Terry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, right? He is from the PAP. <laughs> Control so opposition tried, is it? Yeah, yeah. He wants. He he basically uh, runs a mark, right? And then uh, tries to convince people like how bad the state of the world is. And then, like you know, that convinces the the even more people to vote for the PAP. And I was like, what? That is really like super high level conspiracy theory. Anyways, yeah, so that's my answer. Okay, I think mine's the best. Uh, Master, please promote me over these two other I useless think, slaves I think that Ho-Chi- you have. Oh, oh! Besides being a CEO of a multi billion dollar company, she's also the wife of a prime minister. Okay, you can't talk that. She's gonna yes. she's gonna clean your toilet. And then scrub your she can't clean the there. toilet. She'll just like break her wrist the moment she handles the brush. You don't know that. You must I... put her to use and see her. <laughs> okay, before we go, I got one last hypothetical, but this one is only for Angie and John. Oh. Yeah. So, right now, oh. I want you to imagine that J- Jerry oh, has inclusive. been... Yeah, Jerry, you're actually in- included, but you have got no choice. Because imagine like right now, right, Jerry is like tied up on the whipping post. Oh. And then the hypothetical is, how, how will you whip Jerry with your master? <laughs> He, if my master tell me 15 lashes I'll go, go 20 just go the extra mile that is so unimaginative John Wang I will whip Jerry with whipped cream I'll put whipped cream right into his mouth then he'll have like, like, a, like a really bad like laxative effect on him because he's got like irritable bowel syndrome and then he'll just shit all himself this is evil this is evil <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, whipped cream Kyang do ho mai ge kyang, you know, that's the, that's a Hokkien saying. Smart can already, don't act smart. Don't go and do extra, this funny, funny thing. Yeah. Your master tell you to whip, you just whip the shit out of him. Don't go and what whip cream, oh my god, that's so punny and so funny. <laughs> my master gonna tell me to whip you, NG, I'm gonna whip the shit out of you as well, okay? We can put this up on IG polls and see, like, which one. Who cares one about IG poll? I don't, I'm not entertaining you know IG poll. I'm, I'm entertaining. You know I'm I'm entertaining yeah, our Chinese overlord, okay? The Chinese <laughs> overlord is the important one here. You are such, not, a, such a bitch. This is not a democracy. <laughs> I'm the I'm the most manly of beta males. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be so beta. You're like so such a cocksucker. <laughs> yes. I learned it from aware, kneeling next to them. <laughs> oh not Kelvin Ching. Everybody la, same same la. All the same birds of a feather. Okay. okay, guys, I'm going to watch Squid Game. Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna finish my dinner. We're gonna I'm we're gonna have go to a Squid we're gonna have a Squid Game discussion on Discord pretty soon. Um, but that's a I separate still don't thing. Know what the heck Squid Game is? Okay. Enjoy it. My my suggestion is don't watch it. It's actually terrible. But anyway, with that, that shall be the end of today's episode. Please like, share, comment, subscribe. Join the Discord. You can get invited to Discord uh, via Facebook or Instagram. And that shall be all. Thank you. And see you next time. Goodbye. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye.